Hi guys. Um, so welcome to, or welcome back to the Search for Pink podcast. This is a special episode for a couple reasons. One, this is my first time um, recording anything over online, so there are some mistakes, and I will guide you guys through that. Um, it is with Ellie Jackson, who is one of my best friends. She is an actor based in the UK, and I very fortunately got to meet her when I was over there two years ago. And um, we met at church, and it was pretty much like, hi, I'm Ellie, we should be friends. And then we became Instagram friends, then we became real friends, and then I was in her wedding. So um, she is amazing. She's currently, this is another reason it's special, is this is during the age of the coronavirus. So actually a lot of this is us discussing our frustrations, um, what we're doing for sanity, um, yeah, I think it's actually really special, and I'm, I really think it might provide some comfort as all of you guys are in your homes, and I know that none of us know what is going on, um, but I love her perspective and her openness about it, and um, yeah, I'm really excited, and what a great way uh, to connect with people, and it kind of feels like, I mean, you're hearing two friends talk, so maybe it'll kind of feel like you're hanging out with people. I would really love that. Um, if you enjoy this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and share to anyone that you might think love it. I um, I don't feel bad for saying that because I know if you don't like it, you're not going to do any of those things. Um, but I love you, and um, we're going to get through this. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet Ellie Jackson because she's literally the best. All right, bye. Oh, you're here. I know. Let me just work out. Does it matter if do I need the like um the pop shield on this, or do you think we're gonna be fine? I I don't know actually. I have a friend that uses a pop shield, but I'm not sure what that is. Um I'm still learning. Well what have you what are you, what are you using? Let me put this blanket on top of my head, actually. I'm gonna put this blanket on top of my head. Um, and scare all my family that walks through the den but that will help actually right like I just got all this stuff because at one point in my life I was recording a German audiobook about burnout <laughs> <laughs> on, on garage band um the glamorous life of unemployed actors continues but anyways okay how are you boo okay by the way um, this is in the age of coronavirus. I have been in my house for, but today is Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh my gosh. I've been here for 12 days. Oh my gosh. Okay. How many days have you been locked in? Well, we only officially had lockdown in the UK on Tuesday. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Boris was a bit late to the game on that one. Um, mm -hmm. To the party. Um, so, yeah, I... But I was already kind of self-isolating because my brother was supposed to get married on Saturday. Um, <gasps> is that not happening? I've been wondering about that. It's not. Well, the thing is, originally, it was already... Can like, the big party was already cancelled. And then mm. um, I saw last Friday, two of my friends in Berlin got married. And they did a live stream. And I was like, oh, that looks sick. I could do that. 
Um, so I said to my brother and my future sister-in-law, I was like, hey, um, you know, Rowan and I would just like run around and, you know, take pictures of you and live stream and, you know, wear gloves and masks and all that jazz. And so that was the plan. And it was gutting because on Monday we called them and we were like, we've got this idea. What do you think? And they're like, oh, that's brilliant. Let's go, go, go. And then on Tuesday, Boris was like, and no wedding shall take place. <gasps> yeah. So we will be as soon, yeah, as soon as, because well, also, do you remember we talked about this when you came to my wedding, how in America, mm-hmm. anyone kind of a wedding, whereas in England, mm-hmm. that yes. So it's not like we get ourselves like, I think I saw on the New York Times, someone got married in their living room because one of their friends just did like a crash course in being an officiator or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Like, they would them over the internet and I was like oh that would be so fun but alas we shall have to You're wait until England. the band lifts yeah, yeah that's that's its yeah. own thing of like I feel like we could do some episodes at some point of just like weird things not like the di- like oh you call it an elevator and I call it a lift but just like <laughs> like me going over there and going like oh my gosh Getting married is so, there's so many hoops to jump through in the UK and you can just like get certified and go to your barn and just be like, let's go, you know? We all got married. (laughs) Sorry, that was a terrible (laughs) We're all married to each other now. Hooray. Just kidding. That's why you can steal magnolias when the Hmm. hairdresser girl doesn't know she's like been legally married or not. That explains to me why that is possible. Yes. Because Mel doesn't know if she's legally married or not. And that always baffles me oh. because I'm like, mm-hmm. was there no one, like, mm-hmm. did you jump over a broom? Like, what, <laughs> what, what did you do for your wedding kind of thing? Whereas in England, I think we have very, you know, the Jane Eyre cult. Where, <laughs> oh, no. She's gone. He's back. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yay. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. We're just going to have to be very conscious of this. We're just going to push through because this might just keep happening. I unfortunately, guys, am in a field in Tennessee and Ellie is in metropolitan London. So if there are any goings out, it's my fault. Um, okay. So while we have the mic going, Ellie. Um, can, would you like to introduce yourself with all of your accoutrements? Would that be the right word? Accoutrements. I don't know. No. That, isn't that close? Yeah. I feel like a Shakespearean heroine yeah. says that. I think it's Rosalind. Yeah. yeah okay. Never mind. What does she, what's the line? Um, something about being a man in accoutrements. No, she's talking to Fernando, isn't she? Oh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I always wonder why Rosalind even goes with him. Uh, he's so well. You I me? think it's because he's so hot. I just think <laughs> it's like in Shakespeare. No, think about it. Like in Shakespeare, it's all these dudes, and the girls are so boring. And then the dudes like, but she's so hot, and I like. And as you like it, I feel like it's kind of evening it out because you're like, why does this great girl, guy like this totally normal, not bad guy, just normal? And then the answer is he's very hot. And that's evening the playing field. I agree, actually. I agree. (laughs) Um, Anyway, you want me to introduce myself? Um, Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Uh, My name is 
Eleanor Jackson. Um, that's my official name. Everyone else calls... Well, actually, my official name is now Eleanor Jackson Smith. But professionally, I'm Eleanor Jackson as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. When that happens, again, let's hope and pray. Um, and otherwise, I'm known as Ellie, and I have an Instagram account called Ellie Speaks, where... Yeah. Blog it used to be a blog of mine called Ellie Speaks. I used to the good old blogging days before you know people used to make money out of them and everyone just did fashion blogs from clothes in their wardrobe. You know those good old days. Um, <laughs> yeah, I and I I write a bit when I can. Um, and at the moment, I especially during this time, I started an Instagram page called Isolation Inspiration. And I am posting uh, videos daily um, where I share other people's work. And actually, the Search for Pink podcast will be one of those days. I'm really excited for everyone (laughs) coming to listen to. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm actually looking at Isolation Inspiration has 300 followers. And how long has it been up? Um, 11 days. 11 days. Dude, it took me like a year to get to 300 followers, I think. It's crazy. You're killing it. And I, mm-hmm. But I think it's also because, and this is what I've noticed, because when I did the short, my short film, we never mm-hmm. got anywhere near that many followers. And I think because you're sharing other people's work, their friends will come to the page mm-hmm. and see it. And I think that's where the traffic's coming from. And... And do you know what? I, it's quite exciting to me because there's just very little pressure on me. Like I, I just kind of do a bit of ad lib at the beginning, introduce what we're doing and and then share the piece. And I think I've shared two of my own pieces just to kind of even it out a bit. Um, or I was like, I can't like, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw myself in the deep end first before I throw someone else in the deep end kind of thing. Um, but other than that, it's mainly yes. other people's work. Yeah. And, and that's really great, especially in this time. I don't know if you felt this, where like when we first started going into isolation, everyone's like, guys, you know, King Leo was written in quarantine. And you're like, oh, gosh, like, we don't need that kind of pressure. Our careers. <laughs> Wait, King Lear was yeah. written in quarantine? And this is the part of the recording where I mess it up and I'm like singing a song to myself during a lot of this for like six minutes. I can't hear Ellie. She's laughing at me because I'm singing a song about how it's not working and I'm making pterodactyl noises. And now we're back to connecting. I'm saving it and it uh, it says it's like processing audio. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's just go. Let's live while we're young. Yeah. We'll put it on. So anyways, Ellie, I know you've already introduced yourself. You you don't have to again. You do you. Go for it. Okay. Well, yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about the pressure oh, to make stuff. Into quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I wanted to be creative every day, but without the need for it to be completely on my own. I'm definitely a collaborator. Mm. And it's definitely something I've, like, I don't. I love creating the initial idea by myself, but I really love working with people. Oh, sorry. Turn that off. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why I think I'm enjoying it so much because I actually get to work with other people and share other people's ideas rather than constantly having to like 
it's a bit less vulnerable. I think that's the thing. And I think, mm. yeah, I think also in this current, you know, I think I said it in the previous recording, but just in case it hasn't, like, you know, don't tell us that King Lear was written in quarantine. Like our careers just died. Let us grieve that, you know? Like, <laughs> the entire industry has shut down. And the reality is those of us who weren't already well established in it are now have got even, we've got an f- even further way to go now. You know, even if you mm-hmm. were us before, we're at least like 10 steps back. And I think that's what I'm definitely struggling with is that kind of, feeling of lost time um yeah and feeling I think particularly because we I just got married and you know you do sort of go oh well I'd like to be at this certain point in my career before I start thinking about children and realistically this has probably taken a year out of my plan and I'm sure other people are in the same boat um and it's not just it's not just, okay, I'm going to get through these three weeks or these two months of quarantine and then I'll go back to my normal life. It's, okay, I'm going to get through these three weeks or two months of quarantine and then I basically have to start my life all over again and I have to find work again and I have to, you know, try and get my foot in the door again. And it's not just going back to normal, it's restarting the hustle. And I think that's the thing that is making me crazy at the moment. Yeah. I don't think people realize that our our in, in, not as characters, but our life is really being reborn constantly. Definitely, like <laughs> like telling a friend who has a stable nine to five. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't just say I don't know what the next month is going to look like. I seriously do not know what the next month of my life, no matter what month it is, is going to look like. I could have booked a TV show or I could have, for some reason, stopped this one little hustle job and now I might have two new hustle jobs that came out of nowhere. You know, like our life is, there is no stability in it. Exactly. And like I told my friend Sarah yesterday and we were like, if you told us that like even three weeks ago that we would both be applying for jobs in supermarkets, and hmm. and you know some of the people are going back to their parents houses and they're like oh I'm like my brother he moved to Bristol for like four weeks and was just getting his life started and then he's had to basically all the coffee shops that he was working at and the roastery he was working at they just had to close hmm. and so now he's back in Bracknell probably gonna be working at a supermarket and it's like oh like you feel like and but it's a weird thing because everyone's in the same boat and that's what's comforting is that yes, we might have to start all over again. But I also really believe, I really hope this isn't popping too much because I've taken the shield off. I really believe no, that, um, that this is kind of a shake-up that needed to happen. And I believe that it's highlighting a lot of structural issues, not just like, I mean, this is me philosophizing. I've been alone for 11 days with my husband. You know, like, <laughs> And he's a philosopher, right? Oh my gosh, Rebecca. Every morning we love Rowan. Every morning he was waking up and like launching into a full scale analysis of where we were in COVID nineteen. And I'm just not I mean, I'm an early riser, but like I've always until I was married, you know, I'd spend the first hour in silence, like the first hour of my morning in silence. I know people don't believe that about me, but it's true. Like I make my cup of coffee, I put Radio 3 on and Petrop Chelawney, that lovely 
dulcet wooden sea tone speaks to me and maybe plays a bit of Bach, you know, like, and then I might read a poem or I write in my Bible, I might write something. And instead I have my husband being like, well, you know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Hannah Arendt essay, The Banality of Evil. And I'm like, stop, As I'm going to stop you right there. I, I can't, this is not a morning coffee conversation. And I sent him on the balcony to like, read read and analyze all to himself I was like I need time (laughs) in the morning so now that really cute idea that we were gonna like wake up in the morning and have coffee and like read our bibles together and pray has basically turned into I wake up I make coffee we sit separately (laughs) I love it though and then we've been trying to do yoga every morning as well which is actually really nice um but yeah the thing is I mean, I am very, very jealous that you are in a field. I would flipping love to be in a field. I feel so claustrophobic. And I love my apartment. Sorry, flat. That's another thing that we say differently. Flat. <laughs> um, it's like a one bed with like an open living space area, which is obviously a great idea when you're not quarantined. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, you're especially when one of you is really working from home, like my husband who actually has a job um, and he's on calls all day and I don't want to just sit in the bedroom all the time. So we have to sort of rotate between he'll take a call in the bedroom and then I get to do something in the lounge and or like the sort of living space. But yeah, I said, I called my mom yesterday. I was like, I just want like another room to lock myself into, you know, like I just want somewhere else to go. A room of your own. Yeah. Oh, as cliche as it is. I know. And I miss my family home so much just because that you when you're used to living in that space. Um not that I'm not used to living in this space, but I'm used to living in London and having all of London rather than just mm. that. And I don't know I don't know if this is the same in America, but we're only allowed out once a day for exercise. Um so we, how do they monitor that I mean they're not they're not officially monitoring it yet but I think if um they've kind of asked us to only go out for one form of exercise a day outside so mm-hmm. we're kind of you I mean we could I could technically break the rules and go for two but you know it's getting very Soviet over here getting very socialist yeah hilarious because Boris is like the most right one of the most right-wing politicians we've ever had <laughs> um well i i don't think they're monitoring us i was just um talking to a friend last week and her store is was closed to the public but they were all working inside the store doing like online things and she said what was sad and scary cuz i didn't realize this i was in my field um she was like no if i look out on the street it looks like a normal day that's um yeah, which I think it has – well, we – Atlanta has got um, – the mayor has said something like all non-essential shops are now closed. But, like, can y'all do – coffee shops can do, like, a grab-and-go order? Is that a not, thing there right now? More That got shut down okay. over the weekend. So I did my last okay. shift at the cafe on Saturday and it was all taken mm. out. And then on Tuesday, basically, they – we're now in a kind of European – style thing apparently in France like you have to have paperwork on you when you leave the house so you have to say I'm going out for my daily exercise or I'm Mm. going to get medicine 
because people just aren't taking it seriously and i think you know they've 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 put they've um they've uh, boarded up all the playgrounds and like the little outside gym areas as well because they're just like you cannot gather so we have like policemen in the park that kind of are just there um yeah it's really weird i mean but it's really peaceful at the same time because it's so quiet and london is never this quiet and Mm. the birds singing and there's like actually three parakeets in victoria park apparently (laughs) someone's like bird got out of like pet parakeet got out and then mated and then now these like there's like loads of parakeets <laughs> that's amazing what a great way um, uh, to connect with people so yeah, we and it are kind of feels it like quite strict, i mean you're hearing which I think two it doesn't friends. help i think it makes me feel more claustrophobic but mm. it's also what needs to be done and that's also you know at least we can go outside i don't think in italy you can so what what about so how is that making you feel because, I mean, for for all of our, like, Enneagram girls out there, but you're a seven, and I read, I think you just posted something about it today, about how it feels to have all this energy in this life, but is it is it more, like, anxious or not being able to express all this, I don't know, this life, or is it making you more, is it sliding more to anxious or depressed or what? It's kind of everything. That's the thing about mm. seven is, like, you can oscillate between two emotions in 20 seconds or three, you know, like it um, (laughs) never really stays still. And I think that's where the the difficulty, I mean, thankfully I have, I have married an amazing man. Like he is, he almost like delights in my sevenness, which is what (laughs) I think anyone else would be like, go away. Um, And he sort of very lovingly goes like, Oh, I feel like I have a child at home because it's me. I'm like, Hi, hi, pay me attention. Hi, hi. I'm thinking about doing this. Hi, I'm thinking about painting something. Hi, I'm going to write a novel today. He's like, okay, great. When are you going to finish it by? Uh, probably next week. Not sure. And then I'll be doing something else. And he's like, Ellie, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I decided to make a video. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, or like, we're waiting to go for our daily walk and his call might run over and I am like livid. And I know that it's irrational because, you know, he's earning money so he can still live. But literally yesterday I was like, I just want to go outside. Like, oh, and I think what I'm finding really hard is I miss riffing with my friends, but I also find the Zoom calls and the constant WhatsApping exhausting because my brain mm. is just too much. It's like overstimulation. Um, mm-hmm. I need to be occupied. That's definitely something for a seven is a need for occupation, like a need to like a project yeah a project or like a task um so like actually having one thing to do so I make a video every day that's amazing because I I you know I make a video I do yoga and we go for a walk and we sort of space those out at similar intervals every day so that I have structure that I can then bounce off um and also recently we realized that like in the evening sometimes we do like zoom calls with everyone and you know if Rowan has been on calls all day and I've been whatsapping or trying to talk to people it means that we don't actually connect and that's really important for seven as well Mm. as like genuine connection and focus so we've kind of swapped it up for in the evenings like we turn all the devices off and we might watch a film or read but we won't like have a prolonged time on a zoom call because it just makes us both a bit crazy 
Mm-hmm. But definitely walking outside is a huge one. And I'm very lucky because I have a balcony. And around 10 o'clock in the morning, the sun is like straight on it. And I've realized that if I go outside and sit there for like literally two hours whilst the sun sits there right on my balcony and close my eyes, I'm like, I'm on holiday. That's what I am. And <laughs> I think it's the thing where like that sometimes it's excruciating, but I also think the amazing thing about being a seven is that you never stay too long in that place. So like mm-hmm. last night I was really panicky and I sort of came just about to go to sleep and I was like, oh my gosh, what if this goes on for three months? Oh my gosh, this just feels like endless and I'm so bored and I don't know what to do. And then I wake up this morning and I'm like, woo, dance party, yeah. And Robin's like, <laughs> cool, great. Now I know who I'm dealing with. Um, <laughs> so like every day, it makes it sound like I'm, I've got like bipolar, but it's not bipolar. <laughs> it is just no. being a seven. Um, and I think I'm learning that I need to find stillness in the day. So you, this is going to make you laugh. So I find reading really helpful. So I feel like I'm just splurging, but I guess that's what being... No, I love it. I love it. So I'm currently reading three different books that I read at different points during the day. (laughs) That is who I am. (laughs) I have like a sort of theological book, but I can't read like a theology book all day. I find them... I don't know if you found this, but like, because I read a lot of novels, I find reading like pop theology books really difficult. You know, and someone like, mm-hmm. this book was amazing. And I'm like, well, the f- the syntax is all wrong. <laughs> I was like, grammar's appalling. Like, who edited this? Like, <laughs> um, and so I, I'm trying to, I think it's got a good message, the one that I'm reading, but I'm really struggling with it. So I'm like, okay, just 20 minutes a day, Ellie. And then I'm reading a book about, it's called The German Genius and it's like a really hefty like volume about the German Renaissance and the 20th century in Germany and it's so amazing and geeky and reminds me of my degree and but again I can't read that all day because always I become like a vegetable and then in the evenings I read my novel you know the one that you can just like pace through and mm-hmm. um yeah so I'm finding thing like finding structure which again, I think is a very seven thing. Like we always try and fix something. So like, if I'm feeling sad, I will often be like, right, okay, what will fix it? Do I need to like, mm. do I need to like um, have a shower or do I need to put red lipstick on? Or should I do a workout or do I just need a glass of wine? Like, what is it that I need? And I think that's where we annoy everyone else, especially fours. Because people will be like, I'm feeling this. And we're like, okay, well, what can I do to make it better? And it's not because we don't want you to feel it. It's just we know that it helps us to, like, do something else. <laughs> so I know that I really annoy my four friends, yourself probably included, where I'm like, have you thought about, like, like this? Or what about this? Or maybe you could do this. And they're like, go away and let me sit in my feelings. I... Yeah, no, I feel like you're actually a very healthy seven in that, like, I'll come to you and I'll, well, no, just that, like, I think maybe in a way of, like, maybe you're dealing with you, but you don't expect everyone else to deal with things the way you need them to. Yeah. Because I've had times where I've been like, 
okay, babe, I've actually been obsessing over this for a month and I haven't been able to tell you. And you've been like, right, yeah, so I've been waiting for you to tell me and are we going to talk about it now? Oh, okay, yeah. So, and then like you've waited for me and I've always been so shocked because I would, I'm like, oh, she, she must not see. But because it, you were just waiting for me to be ready to talk about it. Um, and then, I'll take yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You usually do have a solution. And I think a lot of people, it's one of the things I love about you is that your solutions sometimes are like a little like tough love. You're like, well, so no. <laughs> I know. I just know that my poor brother, I know that I drive him crazy with it because I'm like, and I know sometimes he does with hindsight go, oh, that was a good idea. Like there was one time where mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Just come up to London, meet my friend Jonathan for like a friendship date and we'll get a coffee. And he's like, oh, I'm just not in the mood. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then he decided to do it. And I was quite nervous. I was like, oh, this could seriously backfire. Like, what if this is a terrible idea? And it ended up being great. And I was like, oh no, like I think sevens have like, pe- sevens aren't unaware of people. I think that's the biggest misconception is that they're not Mm. aware of people's feelings. I think a lot of the time they are very aware of the depth of what a person is feeling. They Mm -hmm. are just not the type of person who enjoys wasting a moment longer on that feeling if it doesn't serve them, I think. Mm. So they'll be like, okay. And that's not to say that I don't have like days where I can't get out of bed. Like that totally does happen. But I think... And I don't know whether this is because I've been through therapy and had anxiety, depression, and I've been on medication and I've had to be really strict with myself Mm, where if I start, if I start to spiral, like I have to be like, no, like I'm not hitting rock bottom again. Like I'm not doing this Mm. all over again. Like we have coping mechanisms and we're going to put them in place and and I don't think that's unhealthy. I think sometimes that can seem like you're running away from your pain. But I also don't think you should be dealing with your pain every single day because that's exhausting. I think there's a time <laughs> to deal with it. And, and you're saying that to a classic four. I know, but I think you're extraordinary. You have this incredible capacity for things. Like <laughs> you came to my wedding with a gigantic suitcase and like, I mean, I would have been stressed. Like, I think you did a great job. I mean, I was stressed, but, but like, also, I think it's like once you've gone through something 10 times harder than that, just travel wise, you get tired. And when I got back to um, the flat for the wedding, you just saw me like go downstairs. I had a cry and I knew I could get there, but it was hard. And, but then it was over. And then you're like, all right, moving forward. Um, New stuff, you know, that's it. I I do think like. I think I know, I think I'm the kind of person that also needs space to deal with things. So I think I definitely do understand bits of being a four in the sense that like, did I tell you the time that I traveled from Dusseldorf to Florence on the night train with a suitcase bigger than the one that you brought and a duvet? I don't know why. No. It was horrendously stressful. Why? Well, I was moving to Florence and rather than mm-hmm. do that like, normal thing where you pack light, <laughs> I decided to take everything with me. And 
um, yeah, it was awful. I couldn't get my suitcase like up in the overhead locker on the sleeper train. And then you're doing it like with half your brain where all of a sudden everything is the end. Yeah. And And you can't see past that night. This nun had to help me. Um, I'm not even joking. And I just remember I didn't even go to sleep because I was like, someone's going to steal something. I know one did because like most people don't on a sleeper train. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I think when I saw you, I was like, oh, I know what she needs is 20 minutes alone to cry and help Mm -hmm. her and like, I think you, know, you gave me a gin. That helped too. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> a course. classic Ellie moves. Gin. <laughs> the that's that's so wait, going back. Amazing. So for because I feel like this is kind of turning to a quarantine episode and I'm okay with that if you are. Um because I think it represents okay just yeah. kind of our life very concentrated. Um so you found structure to be helpful. Um, also listening to you, I, um, it, I'm, I'm realizing in the past week, even week, I haven't been ignorant to it. Like what I'm grateful for is the fact that I'm, I have seven people here that I love. Um, and also flip it on its head. I'm living with seven other people. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, everyone doesn't understand how hard this is. Cause in some ways, you know what? It is really flipping hard living with seven people, like you probably can hear in the background, like people stomping around the door, opening and closing and opening and closing. I don't have a bedroom, you know, like I'm just sleeping on the extra bed. Yeah. I have no, I I have nothing. And that's driving me insane, but you're right. I get to go on walks in a field. And if one person is annoying me, I can go talk to someone else. Um, so what are some of the things in your quarantine that you do like and then also what annoys you um I really love having the space to do yoga in the morning um I think mm. a lot of the time it's either or with a workout it's like oh either I'm gonna do I have like 20 minutes for a workout what am I gonna do um and it just reminds me of being back at drama school where taking time to ground your body and your breath is what you do every morning and Ro and I are doing it together and I'm really enjoying that time in the morning not talking (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I'm enjoying sitting on my balcony drinking coffee in the sunshine um I'm enjoying the opportunity to sit in an armchair and read um I'm also really enjoying I mean we have we are having amazing weather for England at the moment. And that just feels like such a blessing. Um, sorry, I'm going to do a little burp. That's pretty gross, but it needs to happen. Go for it. It's not ladylike. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> um, and I'm loving, I would live, we live so close to one of the big parks in London. And that again, like we live on the canal and then you sort of walk up and you're at Victoria Park. So the fact that our, you know, long walks are, there and very easy to do is amazing and also that I was able to get married you know like so many people have had to cancel it Mm. and don't live with other other halves and and I do and that is there is honestly no one else I'd rather be quarantined with like he is my favorite person he's so we're so we complement each other so well and 
um that's not to say it's not difficult it's definitely like a crash course in marriage you know it's like oh (laughs) why not be quarantined together in your second month of marriage um but it's definitely confirming to both of us that we made a really good decision so I think Mm. that's a real positive and also the technology the fact that you know we can do this right now isn't that amazing like Mm -hmm. I you know a couple of years even a decade ago we would still have to be writing emails to each other really we could maybe Skype maybe definitely I wouldn't be able to my internet connection as we've established is quite garbage but yeah no technology I've I I I kind of um mix in between introvert and extrovert but I consider being with my family neither yeah (laughs) just just because like I don't they they offer nothing new like I don't know anyone any better and it's there's nothing to discuss it it is like we're all married to each other like we know each other like we've all been married since we were born to each other anyways especially you and Emily Bossa what a babe yeah, well, also, though, like, our Mary and I's marriage relationship, um, my little sister, we work like a married couple. This is always the worst time in our – so, like, if we go on a walk together, we are great. We're talking about our friends. We're, like, you know, sh- you know, shooting the wind or whatever. Then we get back to the house, and it's all of a sudden she's like, stop. I need you to boil the noodles, and then I need to this. No, get her out of here. Everything – and it's, like, it's all very, like, rushed and frantic because we're dealing with, you know, six other people. Um, So she's the best, but we're not very buddy-buddy when we're home together, I can which do. we both know. Yeah, I, just, I think the thing is – yeah, I can totally see that. Are you mm. – um, I know this, blah, let's start it again. What are you, in terms of like mental health and stuff like that, how are you finding quarantine? Well, um, I was actually on a call with a friend earlier today. So a huge blessing was for about a week ago, and here's me, like I was kind of up my own butt, but uh, a week ago, more like for the past like week and a half, uh, I have been, like, really hysterical. I was trying to figure out, like, should I go back to Atlanta? Okay, and also brief history, guys. I was supposed to go on a family trip. It got canceled because of corona. So I ended up coming home because I had the days off of work. And then since then, I have not left. Um, And now it's turning into – it's probably where I'm going to stay until – my mom says after it peaks is probably a good idea. Also, also, it – (laughs) I'm lisping. Also, my parents are in the medical-ish field, so they kind of know what's going on. So I had a personal, or I do, I have a personal assistant job, um, and I'm a luxury, and she can't really afford me right now because time is of the essence, and everything's expensive. And then I also have a coffee shop job, and um, there are so few shifts. It would be me going back to Atlanta to work like two five-hour coffee shifts a week and um it's it's honestly it's yeah exactly it's cheaper for me to stay home and just pay my rent as it comes um and also I think I'm definitely sorry to interrupt no um I definitely feel that a couple of my friends are in that situation and they are like just desperately missing comfort and home and I think Mm. um when you're kind of stuck in with housemates, it, unless you're like really, really close to them, 
or you know this is bringing out a lot of weird stuff in people and what a better way to do it than with people who you already know are weird your family yeah and there are like no new weird things they could throw at me and they're like you know which... we love her like she's part of the family we have to deal with her even if we think she's crazy <laughs> exactly yeah I'm definitely seeing that it's better for me to be here um and I had a call with my therapist and I was like crying and I was asking people to like pray for me like I don't know if I should go back to Atlanta I feel like such a loser living at home and then I told my therapist I've been kind of emotional about it and she was like what's your work situation and I told her and she goes oh she goes well thank goodness it's very clear you need to stay home isn't that you know just having permission I think the thing is oh, yes we have this kind of career where we're like you're a you've got to hustle otherwise you're never going to get it you've got to keep working otherwise you're never going to get it and the reality is and we know this you could hustle and work your butt off and still get nowhere in this industry. You could be accidentally related to a director and become a major star. Like it's not, if the biggest lie that the industry sells that it rewards your hard work, actually it rewards your perseverance and actually to like protect your perseverance, you need to also have huge time of rest in between. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, the, you know, you don't want to be in a position where you've burnt out and then your opportunity comes because you're like, I have nothing to give this because I've been slogging it out in a coffee shop and trying to deal with like my mental health and also trying to pay my bills and also like not eating properly. And I think part of it is having, my brother said this too, he's like, you know, there's a global pandemic happening. Like, that's real. Like... (laughs) like you don't need an excuse to go home like go home and be with your (laughs) in the pandemic you know like I I think I read somewhere that like um F Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda were like quarantined in Paris during the influenza outbreak and he just like basically drinks himself into oblivion every day and it must have been going on for like a good couple of months I can't really remember be like hey dudes F Scott Fitzgerald had a month off you know the global pandemic I really think it's okay but but you know I love that your therapist was like oh yeah well it's clear rather than going what do you think about it she's like I think too many things and I'm not quite sure what I feel exactly she wasn't even like oh I'm making the decision for you it's like she thought we were on the same page I love that she was like yeah and I I told my friend when we were talking about I said I would have paid her how much I pay her, which therapists aren't cheap. I was like, yeah, I would have paid her that amount of money um, to tell me to stay home. Because it literally, ever since, I felt like so much more peace about it. And also in Atlanta, some of my friends were kind of socializing a little bit, like still kind of hanging out on the sly. And then I was like, oh, well, if I went back, maybe we could hang out. And because I miss them. And now I'm like, no, I will say... One tip is, did you see my potholder fiasco, Ellie? I didn't just how it. I feel like a lot of the time, um, I, I'm not quite sure. I feel like I dive in halfway through a story. And <laughs> this is classic me, classic seven. And I always go, because I save your stories. I'm like, okay, I have like a Rebecca time where I like read, because, you know, you're not a flick through it. You're like a real, I want to really get into Thank you. juicy stuff that you're talking about. 
but I gathered that you found something in the loft, sorry, the attic, uh-huh. the loft, Yes. Um, that was your grandma's, and it was a pot holder, but I have no flipping idea what pot holder is. <laughs> I think it's an American thing. So it's a craft. Um, so a pot holder is like, it's like a little woven square, okay. and um, you use it to like grab pans and pots, except they're quite small. So actually, they're not the best thing to grab a pan or a pot. So instead, like you kind of use it to like lift lids or something. They're not super practical. But not you can towels? make them at home. Say it again. Do you not use tea towels? Um, yeah, so we do have tea towels, but you can make a pot holder. Okay, right. Okay, so it's very much a reason to have a craft. Yeah, okay. so it's just, it, and so these loops that you use to like weave in the little loom, I think are from my mom's childhood. I think they're at least 50 years old. And they're a craft that like grows really big and like, the 50s where it's like make a pot holder you know <laughs> and um so i just became my first pot holder i was on the phone with a friend when i was trying to figure it out it took me 5 hours wow. and when i finished it it gave me the biggest sense of accomplishment i think that's what we need to just find is it doesn't matter if you're being creative like i also sorted all my mom's stationery and clipped it together by holiday like that made me feel good. I mean, you talk. Well, yeah, just like giving yourself, even if it's something. That's my little brother shouting in the background. I can hear him. Hi, little brother. But um, hi, James. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just kind of. I mean, obviously, allowing yourself to just kind of stay in bed if you need to. Yeah, it's such a. I I I don't think anyone talks about how. When is the right time to make yourself get out of bed and when isn't? That is the hardest balance, I think you know, right. to find. At the moment, I'm so what we're trying to do, we had a little unofficial discussion about this. I think partly because mm. your own works every day, that does help. Where I'm like, okay, for five days a week, I'm going to get up like it's every day. And then at the weekend, mm. or the weekend is like a bit more free for all, especially if we're going to be here for a long time. Like, if it's going to be three months of this, I can't have, I don't know if you find this, but with my mental health, like I can't have too much of a lack of structure because otherwise I go into Mm -hmm. weird, like detached, spacey vibe in my brain. And I'm like, Ooh, am I real? I don't know. And (laughs) it's like, I'm drunk, but I'm not drunk. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, I feel weird all the time. And I know that, I think also because I know that it's hard for Rowan at the moment and I'm like, the best thing I could do to be the best partner for him is to keep myself in a routine and then both mm. of us to like go out of it. But I completely understand what you mean about tasks though. And they can be like really small things. Like I wrote a list of all the thank you cards we have to write and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write 10 thank you cards a day and I'm going to, that's awesome. I'm going to order all our wedding photos and all my old film photographs and I'm going to make, um, proper old albums for them, you know, like proper photo albums. I'm like, can you imagine if you look back at this time? And I don't mean in terms of like making art, but I mean in terms of like all those little things you're like, oh, I don't have time to sort out my wardrobe. Oh, I don't have time to put the pictures up. I don't have time to clean this. And you're like, what if you look back and you're like, you never got those like three, three months of nothing back. 
and you're like, why didn't I just do it in that time? Like, I literally had nothing mm. else to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only thing I can do is, like, write my thank you cards or call my grandma or paint that wall, put that picture up. Like, yeah. And that's sounding very, like, I don't know, I've had to sort of be very careful about who I follow on social media because some people, like, make a business plan, do this. This is your time to, like, shiny, like, I'm tired, I'm tired. I want one time yeah. I don't want to think about building a business. I just want to like have enough underwear for tomorrow. You know, like Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm still hair drying my pants, you know, like I stopped doing that because I don't know where to be, so I can just like not wear any until they're dry. But like before <laughs> I'm a grown up woman. I'm twenty eight years old. I live in a flat with my husband I now have my own furniture and I'm still hair drying my underwear before I go to work like what is wrong with me like wait why do you would you hair dry your underwear because it's not dry yet so like I accidentally oh oh I thought that was like a classy thing to do I was like am I this animal am I supposed to be wearing hot pants (sighs) When I leave the house. What? I don't know. I just, if anyone would have missed the memo, I would have. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if you, like, hair dried the, like, silken nylon ones? They would just, like, set a light. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Don't. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, I like, I like everything you're saying. I'm trying to, I, okay, I think, I'm not saying I have it figured out. Because I can't make a schedule with this family. It really sucks. Um, because I also really would hard. like one. Yeah, but I think accomplishing something, maybe also like trying not to be um, passive aggressive, but maybe this question, is why I'm not anywhere in my career. Mm. Yes, please. Um, so how do you feel? I know that some people are very against a daily cocktail hour. I have found it incredibly necessary um Hmm. like and not to excess I mean like literally I'm gonna have a gin and tonic or a glass of wine and we're trying to do it like every other day but I I'm probably saying this is gonna make me sound like I've got a problem but like I definitely find it takes the edge off especially if you've been drinking coffee all day or tea like caffeine is just as bad I find almost worse yeah uh, I love both Uh, We're not having cocktail hours. Well, I mean, there's probably going to be a grocery store trip in the next few days. My dad just drinks beer and my siblings don't. I mean, they do drink, but they don't. I'm not really in a house of drinkers, actually. So I I got some red wine the other day and I had them all try it and they were like, cool. And then we, then I finished it off in the tub the oh, next night. So now that was fabulous. Isn't it great? I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. I feel really, <laughs> in my old house, I think you came, did you come? Yeah, you did. You came to visit the one in Wilston Green that had like the mold on the ceiling in the, in the bathroom. It was really moldy. Yes. And I used to go in there and like, it was, you always be really cold in the winter, like freezing in my room. And I would always have a hot bath just so I was warm before I went to bed. I would always like, I would never, ever, ever have a bath in the daytime or with a light on. I'd put candles and I'd drink a glass of red wine just so I could pretend I was in like a French garret, you know, like, oh, I love it. Like, very Labo M, you know, like, 
I'm Gigi, I'm going to die of consumption and look at my, you know, crumbling bathroom, but I'm still here being fabulous. Um, but mainly because I didn't look up and see the mould. Um, but I, lo- I love a glass of something in the tub, smashed it. Mm, I love a jazz yeah. as well, like a good jazz playlist or like a good podcast. That's when I can listen to a podcast is in the bath. Really? Yeah, I love that. I I try to use it as because I'm I could listen to a podcast all day every day, and I have done some really good reading in the tub. But also part of it is it's such like a sensory overload. The last time I like went to turn on some music or something, and then I was like, "No, Rebecca, you really suck at being quiet. Let's Ooh, just sit here." Yeah, yeah. That's and also like in my house, there's no time to be quiet right now. I can understand that. I think I'm really, uh, the one thing I am enjoying is just living with one other person is that, mm. and Rowan isn't a particularly abrasive kind of human. He's very, you've met him. He's like, how would you <laughs> describe him? Uh, he's, he's ki- really kind is like the first word that comes to my mind. He just has a kind face. He's not stoic, but he is, um, yeah, he's he's kind of stoic, but like in a gentle way. Yeah, I think you know, like in a silly way. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. he can, he's very easy to make laugh, which I think is important in a person. Do you know people are like I don't find that funny, and I'm I always be around people. You know, especially comedic people who think they're very funny, and mm-hmm. some funny, but they don't find anyone else funny. I find that really difficult. I'm like always be willing to laugh at something. I just think it's great. Mm-hmm. And that, but yeah, so I think because I'm living with someone who's so gentle and kind of values space. So like I get a lot of space, sometimes too much, but that is (laughs) is working. But I'm definitely better with more space than I am with less of it. So like, I feel like if I did go home to my family, I would have to really like carve out that space. And I would probably mm-hmm. sit in silence in the bathtub too. I think it really irritated if I heard people smashing things downstairs or like walking around. I'd be like, you're ruining my quiet moment. You're ruining my experience. Well, no, literally this yesterday morning, I like walked in, the whole family's running around and mom's like, I broke a vase. And I was like, now? Because <laughs> everyone was forced to start online classes. And then like, I couldn't find the dustpan because it was on the other side of the room with the bo- broken glass. Like that is actually what's happening in the house right now. Oh gosh. I feel like your family, I, I your family is extraordinary. Like I know there's probably like some child protection law against this, but I want to post Biv's like bed on it video. I don't know if yeah, you because I think it's amazing. She's so good. I know everybody on my Instagram, uh, the search for Pink, which you probably know if you're listening. Um, yeah, it's Bivy side by side dancing with, and that was like that was one of those projects that advances nothing in my life except for the fact it makes me really happy. And the funny thing is. Ellie, she did it as a favor for me. Like, I wanted it to exist. And she was like, I don't really care, but I will do it because it will make you happy. And so she did it for me. And now, like, she doesn't care to watch it. She doesn't really care about it. But just, like, for that moment, she became Zac Efron because she knew it would cheer up her big sister. I think and it needs to be on isolation inspiration. 
Yeah. Do you want me to? I'll send it to you if you want. Yeah. Or the reshare app. I don't know. Do whatever you want. But yeah, I'll get it to you. That would be awesome. Because I just think I love that. I love just making. I think we don't make things enough just for our own pleasure. Mm -hmm. That's something which I started doing recently, like just before we went into this. No, maybe not. Like even like the diva vlogs, for example, like they were very much something which I was like, I think this is hilarious and I Mm -hmm. make them and I don't care if no one else finds it funny. Like I find this really funny. And yeah. um, And it was great because the first one I filmed mainly by myself and then my friend Jess did the bit where I was painted green. Oh, for everyone who doesn't know, the diva vlogs (laughs) are a series. Must explain. Yeah. I was like, yes, the diva vlogs, if it's like, you know, in the in the general vernacular it's not um, <laughs> they are a series of youtube videos i only ended up making three i mean i have loads of others planned but they are quite time consuming um where i take uh, lead characters from musicals and imagine them as millennial vloggers so i did elphaba first so um i did when when i meet the wizard and she thinks that she's got an email from harry potter um and they're going on a blind date when I meet the wizard, get it? Well, um, I love it. And she is this like YouTube sensation for kids with magical powers. And she's like an advocate and a vegan, all that jazz. But I was painted green. I basically stood in King's Cross station and I'd gone to the toilet and I'd like painted myself green with this face paint in the toilets and then come out. My friend, (laughs) my friend Jess texts me and she's like, soz babes, I'm running like half an hour late. And I'm like, and you can't like go and like take it all off again because it's taken me ages to put it on so I just sat there by the platform nine and three quarters like thing and when there's loads of people just going up to a photo of the trolley and everyone just thought I was crazy which is quite a big feat in London because usually you can get away with being quite invisible but there I was just painted green waiting for my friend to turn up that's honestly like such a good anecdote and in the fact that people at the harry potter store which is what nine and three quarters is um they were they thought you looked kind of crazy when honestly those are some of the most freakishly passionate people right um on the planet it was great so we filmed that Mm. and we had so much fun doing it and then i did another one which is a little bit more abstract um my dad didn't realize it had a, a point to the video. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically Sally Bowles um, in Berlin. And obviously the idea about Sally in the musical, but also in the original book, is that she's always looking for the next thing. Oh, and Sally Bowles is in Cabaret for all of our non-MT fans. No. So I just assume this is my problem. I'm married to a man who's like, you know, a musical Philistine, and I'm still like, he also helped me film that one. That was the other one. I and mean, he was like, I don't really know what we're doing here. I was like, this is actually hilarious and really, really clever <laughs> and funny. Like, don't worry. And he's like, okay, cool. And we're just filming random shots in Berlin. And there's this one point where I'm like, I really feel like I need to go onto the balcony, rip my coat off and just like scream at Berlin. And he's like, okay, cool. And we were in Fiona's flat. And Fiona's like, live before it. Like, she's got my back. And Rowan is just like, 
great, cool, great. And then I do it once and it's not filmed just right. And I'm like, oh, can we do it again? And he's like, really? Do we, do we really have to do it again? I'm like, yes, did it four times. <laughs> but basically the idea of that one was that, you know, she's, she, Sally in our world might be like, an influencer where she's always thinking about where she wants to go next or she's scrolling through Instagram and she's like well I need to go to Berlin and that's going to solve my problems but when she arrives in Berlin like it's pouring with rain and it's a bit drab and then she Mm. takes a picture of herself in a photo booth and then she's just like "Mm, yeah maybe it's not right and then she leaves essentially so that was it was quite niche as you can imagine um no I see that's the thing is the only I don't know. Anything I've ever made has been for myself, honestly. And maybe if I was trying to make it more commercial, more people would like it. But I also know that there's a niche following who loves you so much, Ellie. Oh, and then the people that like me, it's it's niche. It's not really a general wide group of people. Because I sometimes think about, someone's like, well, would you... I think because you're making stuff like that. Did I tell you? So I teach these girls on a Thursday. They're sort of like between 11 to 14. And I, I turn up one day and like, we found you on YouTube. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and they go, yeah, it's amazing because actually your videos are really great, but like you don't really have that many followers. Whereas like my brother has like over a million and he just does Minecraft videos. I was like, wow, there we go. <laughs> my career summed up. There is a 14 year old who has more traffic. <laughs> on his gaming youtube videos than i will ever have on my carefully curated musical theater passion project but um i think again there's an assumption that because you're making stuff like that you want to be popular or you want to be famous or you want loads of followers and actually there was a time with my blog where i was trying to like push it a bit further and be like oh what if what if i wrote every day and it was a travel blog at the time because I was living in Berlin and I honestly found it really dissatisfying and really boring and I was like Mm. I actually don't want to do this like I only want to make things that I enjoy making if I'm going to put myself out there like I just unless it's so you know unless it's a job where I'm being paid and it's an acting job or like it's a creative job but if it's for my own personal you know it's something that I'm doing for Instagram or for myself. Like I have to enjoy it. I have to be like, I would watch this. Like this is something that I would enjoy. I personally don't really like the vlogs that go on for 10 minutes and just talk about their day. I'm like, "Mm, bored, like don't care. (laughs) I do too. I don't find them interesting. I'd much rather watch like, I don't really like watch a lot of YouTube videos, to be honest. I mainly watch musical theater stuff on YouTube. Or crazy ex-girlfriend, I love her. I think she's great. Like those are the kind, of, and she's niche. Like, but then someone was like, "Your niche is actually brilliant," and she's made an entire TV show based on a niche, which I think is amazing. Um, and what a satisfying job to be like, yeah, like my niche. <laughs> and I would, I, I mean, I don't know, being able to make money when that happens is going to be great. But then also. The idea of in my free time making stuff that hopefully other people will like is the most frustrating thing 
um, just like with this podcast, an acting teacher, he was like, great, so you're going to have this podcast and then you can use it to like meet industry professionals. And I mean, I am interested by this industry, so maybe I will later on ask for an interview. But um, but he's like, great, you can, it'll be an industry podcast and you'll talk about the industry and learn about the industry. And I was like, are you flipping kidding me? Boring I was like, who cares? Do you know what I mean? There are... There are a lot of industry podcasts, and I've been told by friends, like, Rebecca, it would really behoove you to do this, and part of me is I'm like, well, they're farther than I am, but um, but also, I'm just like, that sounds so boring. But I also think um, the, the thing that you are brilliant at is telling stories, and that sounds, oh, that sounds like, meh, telling stories, but also, that is what you're really good at, and that is also what people want to hear. I mean, mm-hmm. if I if I want to learn about a particular, um, I don't know if with the podcast that I really enjoy, I like things like the Guilty Feminist, where there's mm. a lot of random people coming on and talking about little things that they do and or like how to fail or like I don't mind a technical podcast, but I wouldn't necessarily like it'd be a very specific time that I would listen to it. Even like TED Radio Hour. Like I love TED Talks, but no one there is like, it's always someone's like victory story or like, it's very personal. It's never just sort Mm. of like purely technical. And have you read Do Story by Babette Boster? No. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant. So she does a little manual about how to tell story and not just like in, cult in like art but also in like advertising and how to present a talk or like a presentation and she's like if you really want to get people hooked on something you've got to tell the story in a compelling way and Mm -hmm. I just think we're so hot up on like I've got to be successful I've got to look like I'm the person and I'm like but really the people that you remember in your life I mean obviously for example like we both love Erin Carlson right Yes, and we love her. She, we love you, Erin. One day we'll meet and it'll be amazing. Um, <laughs> but like, one of the things I love about her books, is it's not just facts. Like she tells a story in it mm. and she's so completely unashamedly. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Erin wrote this amazing book called I'll Have What She's Having, which is basically about Nora Ephron's amazing trilogy of, you know, When Harry Met Sally, Sleeps in Seattle, you've got mail and she recently wrote a book about Meryl Streep and it's Queen Meryl Queen Meryl and it's great I got it for Christmas I got it for my birthday and I I haven't finished it yet because I don't want it what kind of book do you not want to finish a good one um (laughs) but you know what I mean like she doesn't just I do you know we could read someone might be like I'm actually the expert on Meryl and I'm gonna do this amazing podcast and I'd be like completely bored by it but there's something about there's something so fun about how Erin like tells a story. Like it's like she's you're going for coffee with one of your best friends and she's like, You'll never guess what happened on the set of When Harry Met Sally. And I'm like, No, tell me. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be someone who is really good at telling stories, even if it's just to their friends. Because no one will ever forget that. Whereas a lot of people will forget the people who wrote a very popular tv show this that like uh, yeah that's so true 
It's, it's like, because also I'm now kind of realizing like anyone, not anyone can make a popular TV show because making something purely commercial is an art form in itself. Completely. But, but it's not my, yeah. something I'm good at. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's not, I mean, I, I don't know, never say never, but um, yeah, I mean, I will say not to brag on my fam, but I think that is, I, I have realized with my family we in general are all really excellent storytellers. Oh, I completely and agree. <laughs> quarantine is actually just us. Our favorite thing, quarantine is actually in some ways perfect for my family because we don't really like to see other people. <laughs> we look really social. We're kind of like a, we're, we're quite um, a secretive little herd. And um, we like to be together and we like to talk and we like to eat and we like to watch movies and we tell stories all the time. And um, when my little sister came and met one of my friends in Atlanta, it literally was just, I just pretty much told Mary to tell her the greatest hits. And Mary has like, she has like 10 stories in her back pocket that are just like dynamite. And my friend just sat there and she was like, your sister is, I've never met a better storyteller. And I'm like, okay, now Mary, do the one about New Year's Eve. And she's like, okay, so, and she just will launch into a 30 minute story. And it's, yeah. And I think, I don't know. I, I think you're right. Storytelling is something I haven't really acknowledged as something important until. Yeah. But also, I mean, not to take it in the other way. And actually some of my other relationships recently, I've learned some people get kind of exhausted because I can go forever. Yeah. Not just talk, talking, but like emotionally wise and um, – You're a deep well. It, you know, some people I, are very much a little stream and they're like, I'm done. Can't do anymore. Yeah. And that's because the little stream is doing other things like <sighs> making holes and rocks and stuff. But I, I didn't realize – because now looking at my family – we're all and like and you and some of my other best friends we emotionally can just like really? go at it yeah. you know and other people have now told me they're like yeah after an hour or so we were still dissecting emotions they were like i can't go longer than 40 minutes i've never gone that long and i'm like dude we didn't even go for it. like i can my emotional stamina, a friend said, is like insane. You are like and I didn't realize you're like a I didn't realize stamina was a thing. I just thought you kept going until you died. Don't do that. You should definitely rest sometimes. I know. Um, I don't like it. I'm really sorry to have to wrap this up. Maybe we can do some more tomorrow, but I we have our our forty five minute daily walk to take. No, I was going to say, if anything that we have learned, it's importance of uh, staying focused. But um, Ellie, I think I would love to keep quarantine chatting with you. Yeah, let's do um, one and maybe you can make something out of this. This has been fun. Really fun. Yeah, I love it. I love All right, I think best. I love you. Love you. Bye. All right, I love you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I had such a great time talking to Ellie. I would be excited if we could keep uh, uh, doing some, well, <laughs> hopefully we won't be stuck in our houses for that long. But um, for one, I think Ellie, you should be doing a podcast because you are so delightful. She was such a pro because I kept making mistakes and you can tell she's a performer because the show just kept going. Um, but yeah, 
I love you guys and share this with a friend who maybe needs to have some company and we love you. Bye.